<laughs> it was very short interaction. I was very nervous. But you had to get in the question about Amityville too. The possession. I, well, I basically like did that even before I said signed or said my name. So he's there with the pen and my poster, and yeah. I think he's waiting for me to say my name. And I'm like, I'm sure you get this all the time, but I have a podcast about horror films, and I just start going off. <laughs> I love it. Incredible. Uh, I wanted to say first off, after hey, I have a correction to make from a couple weeks ago when we covered uh, Twins of Evil, and um, we I, I mentioned it was the first Hammer film that we watched on the podcast. Uh, it's not true. It also means it's not the first Hammer movie you guys have seen. Uh, what was it? Twenty Twenties The Lodge is a Hammer film. That's the same studio. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And I think I even talked about in that episode that how it has yeah. that intense gothic look to it, like a lot of their old films. Uh, so yeah, this is on both of you because that was Kill's pick. <laughs> you, you talked about it. Well, hey, in my in my mind, Hammer stops making movies after the seventies, but it's not true. They released a couple that in the past few years. They did like the Lady. The Woman I don't in know Black. anything about Hammer. The the Daniel Radcliffe remake of the Woman in Black is oh, a okay. Hammer film, uh, yeah. and then the Lodge. Uh, I don't know if they've done much else besides that, but there you go. Just wanted to get that out there. So uh, I'm already in hot water with Hammer from uh, from Twitter from Twitter interactions. So. Uh, I don't want to. I want to make sure I, I got this correction in. I stand by my convictions. Of, I'm going to get called out uh, again. Of yes. Stuffiness. Yeah. If All people right. don't follow my new Twitter drama, I got I got a uh, called out by an actress in Twins of Evil because I <laughs> used Murph's language and called the movie stuffy. So. <laughs> Ooh. Well, the movie that we're talking about today is. Uh... Not I, I would say it's not very stuffy at all. No. No. <laughs> Welcome. This is a podcast, and it's called The Weekly Podcast Massacre, and we're talking about horror movies. This month, we are talking about, unfortunately, thanks guys, we're talking about <laughs> sequels, the second movie, could be a franchise, whatever, uh, Amityville 2, The Possession. We all had to watch it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Had to. I might have rather quite enjoyed my Ooh, viewing. Interesting. So there was a moment half like halfway through this, I would say, maybe a forty minutes in, where I was like, another home run for this month. Like forty minutes into it, I was like, we are, we have <laughs> found a true. real hidden gem. It really, it really does peak early. Yeah. But uh, I think I don't know who either of you people are. So if you want to, yeah, maybe fair. Start well, that's on you. <laughs> we'll be here all day kill i'm hosting today my name is kill uh, i'm greg from los angeles hello uh hello i'm michael from portland but everyone calls me murphy all right today's movie amityville 2 the possession was made in 1982 and it was directed by damiano damiani his first american movie it was written by Tommy Lee Wallace, who also wrote and directed Halloween 3 the same year as this. Oh, yeah. Halloween 3 is, spoiler alert, my favorite movie of the Halloween franchise. Um, I'll throw this out there for my uh, Joe Bob experience. This was Darcy's first pick for favorite sequel. Amazing. And I tried to narrow her down, and I said, well, you know, if we're just talking about number twos, oh. what would that be? Did she give an answer so, to that? I'll get... 
I'll get into that much later. Yes. Okay. I also know our mutual friend Blood just last night had a poster signed, a Halloween 3 poster signed by Joe Bob. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But a Uh, huge fan. Tommy Lee. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Hans Holzer wrote the book Murder in Amityville that the movie is based on, so he gets credits too. And then Nerdano Sacchetti, Sacchetti. I don't know how to say these names. Also uh, contributed to the writing. Spaghetti? Spaghetti. Yeah. Can I say most importantly for the the behind the scenes stuff, this was produced by Dino De Laurentiis, my main man Dino, Mm -hmm. uh, who I'm a huge, huge fan of as a producer. When it comes to like 80 super producers, he's probably number one. Um, It's funny, last week we talked about canon a little bit. I actually had more to say about canon, I forgot. But uh, now that we're doing a Dino De Laurentiis movie, we're just covering my favorite like production companies of the 80s. (laughs) Well, this original script for this movie was not tied to Amityville Horror at all. It was called The Ogre, and it was about, like I I guess, like a creature that kills. Uh, But the concept ended up being I thought Burt Young yeah. was just going to be he was already cast as the ogre and then when the movie changed oh, they didn't boy. have to change the script at all him, yeah yeah they just kept him on well they did they ended up using the script later for uh, the ogre Ajalo in 1989 and that was directed by Lamberto Baba so a little background on this movie, because I this is a sequel, but I feel like there's multiple things that we have to talk about going into it in case y'all don't know that this is kind of very loosely based on a true story. Yeah, this is a true crime movie. Yep. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. And as so, we were, as I was saying, like, yeah, talking about true crime. Yeah. Earlier, before we were recording. Oh, yeah. So it is something that we all kind of enjoy. So it is a very fascinating thing to, to to have a horror movie based on that. Um, yeah, I think in a, in a way it's it's interesting. I also think it's kind of exploitative. Oh, yeah, ten thousand percent. Yes, because uh, yeah, the, there's the elements murder... of this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. elements of this movie that really don't sit right. If you keep think, if you keep remembering that this is all based off of a real mass murder that happened. When you yes, so the movie is. Um, it's a sequel, but also maybe a prequel. It's kind of marketed as a prequel, but doesn't, uh, it, it also takes place in the eighties, which is after the original movie, which is called the Amityville horror. And that was made in 1979. So that movie was based on the Lutz family who moved into a house where an entire family had been murdered previously, uh, just a few months or maybe less, it was less than a year after or before they moved in. Um, then the Lutz family claimed to experience all this weird demonic shit, and the Warrens got involved at some point. It, that's in the um, that movie, The Conjuring. The Conjuring, the Conjuring guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's mentioned in that movie. They served as demonology advisors for this film. Oh, that's fascinating. I don't, I don't know about either of you, but in this today's housing market i would probably very much consider buying a house if the previous occupants had been brutally murdered even just you know days before yeah i don't want to speak for the two of you but i feel like that would only enhance my interest in a house uh well maybe not i'm i'm being facetious but ghosts and spirits and stuff so yeah yeah yeah. bother me i would try to be respectful and like Maybe keep a picture of the family or something if I could, you know, up on the wall or I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, oh, that'd well, yeah, be nice. A little shrine. Yeah. I have like, pictures of that. You could the... devote like a mini closet to yeah. them. Have like little lights and things. That'd be fun. <laughs> a whole shrine. I, <laughs> yeah. I bought a house a long time ago. The first house I bought was built in 1907, and I did some research because, again, I'm, I love researching old houses and, and genealogy and stuff. And I ended up finding, um, I went to the local historical society, ended up being nominated their treasurer Whoa. to like serve for years. So that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I found out information on my house, and then I got these this really awesome picture of the family sitting on the front porch of the house. And so I had it copied and blown up as big as I could, or you could still see things clearly, and had it hanging up on my wall. And that was just, that was so fucking cool. It's my favorite part of the whole house. Oh, I, <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. I love I love that. I unfortunately that I used to live in a building that was built in 1926 here in Los Angeles, and I tried to do similar research, but there was kind of just nothing on it, like nothing that yeah. Cool. That's what I was thinking. My building's from the 20s, so mm-hmm. if I tried to find out who has been in this apartment... I mean, I'm sure someone's died in this apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I think apartment buildings can be more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that later, because it doesn't involve this dumb movie. Um, so, the family that was murdered in the house was the DeFeo family, and then the characters in this movie are loosely based on them. Uh, Butch Jr., the son, the oldest child and the son, just like Sonny in this movie, murdered his parents Mm -hmm. and siblings in the house. So even though the family in this movie, the Montanellis, is based on the DeFeo family, some things were changed. A lot of Italian names. Yeah, they they were an Italian-American family. Correct me wrong, but so, Emily, I mean, it's it's in Long Island, right? That's that's where this is. So it would make you sense. Know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the movie shows that the family was just moving into the house in the beginning. But in real life, um, I think they owned the house for like nine or ten years beforehand. And the, the mm. younger kids, I, I don't know how old they were, but they were they were younger. Um. So then all of the children's ages were correct for the most part. It were, they were pretty close. Um, but one of the sons was just taken out of the family. The DeFeos had three sons and not two, as the movie shows. Uh, some of the family drama did happen, but a lot of it's exaggerated. And the incest stuff is, is, is based on rumors. And I think that um, Butch may have said something about I, I don't really remember because I've, I've read a couple books on this but um, the oldest daughter's name was Dawn and then Butch and Dawn were supposedly it was a rumor that they were having an incestuous relationship and I don't know if that mm. came about afterward or if it was like the talk of the town or whatever beforehand but um, also the oldest son here Sonny is supposed to be like clean cut good guy good with the siblings and stuff um, in reality uh, Butch DeFeo was a drug addict and had a pretty extensive criminal background. Yeah, so it wasn't like just out of nowhere he was this good kid who snapped and killed his family. Right. It yeah, it was like a life of uh, <laughs> of previous like red flags and warnings and things like that. Right, but you need that for like the cinematic for a horror presentation. Movie, yeah. You want the clean cut kid. Who's innocent and yeah. then is demonically possessed. If you're trying to rip off the exorcist. it is the possession. Yes, you, you right. need oh, yeah, to oh, start totally. at a place of, you know, yeah, exactly. 
you need you need Reagan and the Exorcist being all you know cute and bubbly before she gets possessed, and so you need Sonny to be like the good old all American teen before he gets possessed, who's being abused by his father. Yeah, that's something that bothers me about this because I mean he was abused by the father. Like sure. In real Pro- life, I mean, it was, was the seventies, eighties yeah, in Long Island. Was yeah, not to generalize. Yeah. Um, it it portrays it makes it seem like this kind of shit is real, and not that like sometimes bad people do bad things. You know, like that that I don't know what caused Bush to fail to do it, but it it wasn't demons uh no. I, I mean i read just a little bit in it and i remember him very early on asking if he would get the father's life insurance and so they were like it was probably trying to collect the life insurance of the parents oh man which makes sense yeah, yeah. he could also have been like in a drug-induced haze or something I, I don't know i don't remember yeah i think the exploitation feel of this it's it's weird because this 100 does feel like it's just cashing in uh, a little bit late, honestly, on the exorcism, like yes. trend, right? Because I feel like this was a lot bigger in the seventies and then the eighties. Uh, so this is like a late stage cash in on this stuff, but also like I, I think this is the, that's the Dino De Laurentiis of this whole thing is that he is an Italian producer, and a lot of his crews are Italian. The director barely spoke English, and so I think it is just like like you've seen a lot of giallos they will just have no shame about like you know changing things being exploitative like uh taking these these like well-worn tropes and just kind of playing them completely straight regardless of like the rest of the movie and i would say it is very exploitative if it wasn't like so well crafted so at that's, certain parts of it. That's it the other like, Dina Delarentis thing. Dina Delarentis 100% is an exploitation producer, but he pumps so much money and like production value into right. his movies. And gets like an actual artist yeah. to like have a vision of how like shots should be a stat. Like that was the thing, especially as we were talking like the first 40 minutes. Like there's just like shot after shot where I'm like, how is not everyone horror fan talking about how fantastic this movie oh yeah is. and then he gets like lalo Schifrin to do the score who is one of my favorite film composers uh he did things like dirty harry and uh magnum force <laughs> and uh he's he, so uh, the, the music is really fantastic it, it looks mm-hmm. spectacular the makeup is really good even when it gets to the exorcist ripoff set by the end the makeup on that actor on uh i like it yeah Yeah. he looks he looks fantastic on jack magner like it's a really good design and special effects are are pretty stellar like dino durant he's so cheap in his like writing and ideas but like his movies look like spectacular i think my my main issue with like exploiting this family who are all slaughtered is like they don't have their own voice and like the incest stuff is most likely just not true but also like texas chainsaw massacre and psycho and a bunch of other movies are kind of loosely based on ed gein so instead of kind of portraying this as like the same family even the original movie i know it was more about the lutz family but that was still just like a money-making opportunity for the lutz family none of that shit actually happened like one of the kids came out and said right, yeah. most of the kids have come out and been like, oh no, none of that was real. Um, and yeah, 
the the whole Amityville story is just the story of a bunch of sh- like sham after sham. <laughs> the Warrens getting involved and spreading like rumors about it being real demons. Like it is just yeah, the, the Amityville series just has this kind of like cloud hanging over it of like this was like a farce that the entire country bought into and was like fascinated by. Yeah, and it I makes mean, the original family all families so have menacing. problems and they they like I don't yeah. know. It's giving the family members like identities that aren't real and they don't have any say in it and it's I feel like it would be better to be loosely based on these activities and not so closely related to this actual family who were yeah. horrifically murdered for no reason. Yeah, it kind of weirds me out too with the Conjuring movies, like depicting the Warrens as like literal like Christian superheroes. <laughs> it's yeah, really bizarre. That was like well, we watched it with our friends. I was really holding back because I was just I don't I really do not like the Warrens. They were awful people. It's just crazy since they get such uh like good and charming actors to play them right that like i really do want to dislike them but i i really like patrick wilson (laughs) vera formiga yeah they do they also they they also wrote a character out much like one of the sons is written out in this movie uh ed warren had a underage girlfriend that was with them for decades and actually sued because a lot of the stuff that was in there was she did just as much research and just as much work as the two of them. Was she underage for decades? <laughs> no, that's not that's not how life works. But she was originally underage. She was much younger. Oh, and oh, he oh had boy. a lot of underage girlfriends. Yeah. and Lorraine knew about them, but that's not in the movie. Wow. Anyway, hey, back maybe Conjuring Five movie. or something. Yeah. Ugh. Yes. Yes. So George Letts wanted the sequel to again be based on him and his family. And somebody else wrote a book, The Amityville Horror Part 2, which is about what happened to the Lutz family after they escaped the the Amityville house, as it's called. They still apparently claim to experience paranormal events after they left the house. Which doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, but instead, they based it on Hans Holzer's book, Murder in Amityville, which is supposed to be the prequel, a prequel to the events that led to the DeFeo family deaths. Nothing to do with the Lutz family. And then Lutz actually ended up suing De Laurentiis. Uh, he wanted, you know, yeah, because he was like, why aren't you using my book, my story again? He wanted to make money, more money. And he ended up losing. But there is a disclaimer. If you look at the poster, there's a film, there's a disclaimer that says this film has no affiliation with George and Kathy Lutz. I, do, I think yeah, it's I better off that way. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it seems ridiculous. So, um, yeah, even though this is marketed as a prequel, it's really debated whether or not it is or is not. Um, But it kind of seems like an unrelated standalone story. And there's some, like I said, it take the the first film takes place in '79, and then this one it takes place in the '80s. There's like different things throughout the movie that did not exist a few years earlier. It's just it's weird. Some of the posters. Yeah, I guess the Walkman. The Walkman the and then, I think all the decoration in, in Sonny's room, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's some posters. I, I don't remember if we mentioned at the end of the last episode, but what do we all think of the original Amityville horror? Nah. Yeah. Not great. 
I, I feel like that's kind of the consensus nowadays. Um, I, I'm sure there's... I, actually, I do know there's people out there that do like that movie quite a bit. But I feel like, for the most part, people kind of think like it's impressive that it made so much money of, in its day, but it's kind of a boring-ass right. movie. Yeah, It's a lot of ratcheting tension, and then a guy jumps in a puddle and gets out and runs away. Yeah. And then that's... That's like all I really remember about the movie. I just remember James Brolin looking yeah. like a real animal with this like crazy poofed out hair. And like he's got like, you know, he's not sleeping, whatever. And he's maybe getting possessed himself. So he's got these crazy looking eyes. That's yeah. And Mar- was, it, was it Margot Kidder, I believe, right? Who I'm a big fan yeah. of, but she's not really getting yeah, much to do in that. Tails. Yes, she looks really weird. She's like playing younger than she is. And it, it's really bizarre. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird because she's like an adult with with children, but then they have her in like younger looking, yes. like younger looking, younger than her daughters. <laughs> <It's> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. It's movie a choice. Either. I don't think it's horrible, but it's I. It's meh. Meh. Yeah, I will say I think this movie okay, in pretty much every regard is a more interesting movie. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, definitely way more interesting. Definitely. All right. So the first thing that we see in the movie is the infamous house. And there's a sold sign in the front yard. This is not the real Amityville house where the murders actually took place. That house is a private residence. Um, People still live there. They actually changed the windows in real life. The house doesn't look exactly the same because, you know, assholes kept showing up. So this house is the same uh, house that they used in the original movie. It's a colonial-style replica of the real house. It's in Tom's River, New Jersey. Then we get to meet it's the Montanelli those family. Those windows. Those windows are so they look perfect. Like eyes. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it gives a personality to a, a, a place. So Not there anymore. You can, you can f- right, you can feel like something coming from it. And you can understand why people would be like, oh, the house is possessed. People died there. Ugh. Make up stories. So the uh, the Montanelli family. We meet Anthony, the father, his wife, Dolores, and their children, Patricia, the oldest daughter, Mark and Janice, who goes by Jan, and they're actually played by real life brother and sister. Fun fact. And then a flashy car pulls in, and Sonny, the oldest kid, gets out he and the dad get into like an argument you kind of get a sense that the dad's an asshole and oh yeah whatever uh did you guys recognize Rutanya alda as dolores yes yeah murph did you catch who who what other movies she she has done that we discussed recently uh no i'm trying to guess it starts with the (laughs) The... that narrows it under the past like five movies we covered um so she is in the dark half as the ever so memorable miriam his agent one of his two agents oh actually she does have a really good scene in that when she's getting like beaten up by george stark she has to call him yeah and that's where we get the reveal yes okay okay yeah so returning champion ritanya alda i love burt young uh, yeah, Burt Young's great. I did not think she was doing great for like the first ten minutes. There's a lot of odd choices. Yeah, but I was kind of rolling with it. It seemed almost microwave massacre level <laughs> acting 
to oh, me. She does have a great moment in this later on, though. She has a really creepy moment yeah. in this movie. She has a couple. She actually, reminded but... me of uh, is it Faye Dunaway in Mommy Dearest, and she Rutanya was actually okay. in Mommy Dearest, and she was yeah. Uh, I caught that as another one of her credits, Roseanne or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So she was actually in that movie, but that's kind of who she reminded me of. It just kind of like campy overacting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah so now we've met the family inside the house the windows are all nailed shut for some reason which is a fire hazard obviously <laughs> and the mom seems absolutely elated until she sees blood pour out of the kitchen sink she does this creepy wide-eyed laugh that's <laughs> very funny um, and then Patricia and Sonny share a moment in the upstairs room and they're talking about like what's your type it's it's really strange it's weirdly flirty super flirty yep mm-hmm. um dolores mentions her husband's guns <laughs> the mover brings this gun case downstairs and she's like oh my husband's guns put them over there it's <laughs> funny um he also finds another room in the basement while he's taking care of the gun case and then he goes in and it's filled with mud and water and bugs and it's real gross and then the mom starts feeling shit and gets scared and Sunny comes down and startles her another scream and she says somebody touched me she felt fingers on her arm <laughs> yeah i had that written down yeah creepy somebody line it's a nice pause me. yes somebody touched me i love this hidden you? room in the basement uh, it's really yeah. creepy they describe how it stinks and the mover thinks it's kind of to a sewer line or something um and then there's a great anytime like this evil comes out of this hole. This is what a year after Evil Dead, but it does like the same like POV thing with yes. the spirit, which I yeah. really like. But it's more, it's evil slower. Yeah, but it's slower and like and but still creepy the way that they have the, the POV come at the mom and everything, and uh, the way she they, turns around. Yeah, they and, do it quite a bit. Yeah, later on too, and it, it's. Like, they do such magnificent like one shots with it. It's really oh fun. yeah, there is a one shot coming up kind of soon that blew my mind yeah. with how great it was. <laughs> I, the the secret door though is weird because it's not really a door; it's just like a loosely no, it's just like a board. <laughs> yeah, and it just, it just like in. flaps yeah. like a doggy door. Yeah, in the Conjuring, it's like isn't there? There's like you know, it's like a wall. And then they pull it right. off, and yeah, even in the Amityville remake, it's not just like a flap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Anthony hands a mirror or hangs a mirror. The father hangs a mirror in the dining room, and then the family sits down for dinner, and we get to watch them pray through the mirror. Yeah, reflection in the this mirror. is that shot for me. That's well, it, it starts so shaking, good. and then falls off the wall, and Patricia and Anthony start fighting the oldest daughter and the father. Um, and then, like, they just continue to pray, and then the mirror starts cracking. That's it. Something about this movie is, like, the slightest thing happens, and then all of a sudden, everybody's screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do... I just... I loved it. It was, like, you know, the long shot into the mirror, and it's... The, when they hang the mirror, they all kind of stand around it as a family to reflect upon how happy they look right when it is such like a 
a schlubby American family of the late 70s, early 80s. There's really good mirror shots in this in general. I think it's around this time where, um, is it, where, I think it's around here where Jack, or not Jack, uh, Jack Magnus, the actor, but Sonny is shaving and like the little shaving mirror like extends into the hallway after he walks away. Uh, yeah. And then it has that like, it's it's like the ending of Pet Cemetery 2 with like the oval little portrait, but that's kind of how it looks like the way it's shot of the, his reflection and just in the middle of the screen. Uh, yeah. I, it, this like, I think that's the thing is just so well crafted for the most part. And it is really good at setting up these little tense moments. Then later that night in the night, we get a little tour of the house complete with crucifix and some weird howls going on. And a sheet flies off the table and goes over and hangs off of this rather large crucifix. Then another Sonny... one. I, rewatched i yeah. like it's such a good one shot i kept there were so many in this movie i was like oh they're really going for it and i kept rewinding to watch I, I am curious how they did that whole like sheet over the crucifix thing because it looks like reverse i was wondering that too fishing yeah I think it's fishing it's just fishing Probably. wire yeah but it looked great it looked, it looked seamless good. yeah um so then sunny is shaving in the mirror and when he walks out of the bathroom the mirror stretches yeah <laughs> and we can see it. it's kind of like the mirror is watching him and then he says good night to his sister as he walks to his room then there's a loud bang on the front door in the middle of the night the parents go down there's nobody there at first anthony laughs and kind of brushes it off which seems out of character for him um but then it happens again and he just goes downstairs grabs his rifle comes back out yeah. Um, still nobody there. And then Mark and Jan, the youngest kids, are in their room, which apparently they share. And this floating paintbrush starts to paint the walls. Um, the house starts shaking. We see something has been painted. And it's Jody, which is supposed to be a demonic pig from the original movie. And I, I believe, if I remember from the book, the DeFeo family, the, or, um, the Lutz family, they, there's, it's like the pig with the eyes or something. They kept seeing Jody the pig mm-hmm. with glowing red eyes outside. I don't think the pig was inside or anything, but anyway, uh, Anthony like then starts touch. taking off yeah. his belt and he starts chasing and beating the kids um, and then his wife for trying to defend them. Patricia comes downstairs, like runs downstairs, and then Sonny grabs the rifle and points it at Anthony, and then everybody just gets quiet. They're fucking terrifying. Terrified. Super uh, Then Dolores says, oh my god, what's happening to us? And then Sonny goes to his room, he's just jamming out to his music on his headphones, and a deep demonic voice asks, why didn't you shoot that pig? <laughs> at this point in the movie... I, at this point... I'm I'm in. I'm yeah. in 100%. Oh yeah. I am fully in it. The fucking Burt Young is so terrifying. Uh yeah. when he is walking around slapping his kids with a belt and then beating his wife and she's scratching his face and again, so many one shots. That's what all this is. The camera is just following Anthony around as he's like on this like path of destruction at this point after seeing that that painting on the wall. Uh, he really needed Rocky in his life, I think, to cool him off. You know, that's what he is. That's what he's missing from this film. To, he needs his good pal Rock to set him straight, to slap him around yeah. when he gets out of hand. Hey, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> that, that would draw a little too oh, good for these kids. Yeah. yeah, you just use cuff and loop. <laughs> All right, so the family goes to church in the morning. 
They introduce themselves to the priest, because remember, they just moved in, and they ask him to come and bless their new house. At the house, Anthony is not very friendly to this priest. He's upset that the priest is even in the house. He did not go to church, by the way. He's not a churchgoer, they say. So Jan says... I will say, since this is like, this is an improvement from The Exorcist, we have a much hotter priest this time. Mm, I disagree. Wait, you're talking about like oh. the which which priest are you saying is not hot in the Exorcist? I don't think there's a hot priest in the Exorcist. I mean, well, oh, Max when he's von like has, Max von Sydow is uh, a handsome man, first of all, yeah, even uh, even I in his old age makeup, that, that's fine. But I and I, I feel bad I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Father Karras, I think he's a stud. He's like running around the track. He's staying fit and active, and like he's brooding, worrying about his dying mom. I think he's a stud. I think he's a handsome priest. Not compared to this guy. This guy's hunky. Uh, I don't know. This guy. This guy's a little. This guy. Uh, something about him reminds me of a hot dog. Just in terms of his skin and complexion. I don't know. His blondie. His sandy blondie hair. Blonde. Sandy blondie. Sandy blonde hair. I don't know. That wasn't for me. I'm just not into priests. <laughs> Apparently anyway, I am. Apparently I have a lot, of, a lot of opinions about this. I didn't know I did I, I, until Murph made this claim. I think we have a lot of repressed things we need to work through. I, I mean, speaking of that, when they introduce him, he's performing Catholic Mass. I literally instinctively started responding to his, like, call and response stuff. Oh, yeah. God. Like, I was sitting on my couch and he was just like, you know, uh, he was saying the words and I literally started repeating them like word for word and I was like why am I doing this like I, it's just so ingrained into me as from r- being raised Catholic I was like that's not good that I, I still have that instinct <laughs> Pavlov's Greg Ex- <laughs> exactly <laughs> so this isn't really an important part but I wrote down that Jan responds to a question from the priest and she says I've seen it but I know not the name I was like well, <clears throat> what kid talks like that I was just weird uh, anyway <laughs> She then playfully holds a plastic bag over her brother's head, which is freaky. <laughs> this is yeah, one of my crazy. favorite scenes. This scene is so funny. I, I just the yeah. fact because I, I know kids play this way, and then the way afterwards she takes the bag off and they're like laughing, and she just goes, "I love you." She just like tells her brother that <laughs> like, that she loves him. him. Yeah, it was so, it's so cute. I'm like, what is this moment doing in this movie though? It's so bizarre, but I love it. It is like a, a little real. A kid moment. So then Sonny shakes hands with the priest, and the kitchen gets fucking trashed. Like, the house just starts ruining the kitchen. And then Anthony beats his kids in front of the priest, because he (laughs) is so angry about the kitchen. Then Dolores apologizes for her husband's behavior, and the priest leaves. He's obviously very uncomfortable, and he's just like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, on his way out, he finds that his car door is open and his Bible has been shredded. Like, chunks of the pages are floating in, around you know, in the wind. Uh, I, another just, like, high moment. I'm like, this movie, like, is doing so well. Like, like it's hitting everything for me. Um, <laughs> especially just, like, yeah, Burt Young's, like, uh, anger. Yeah. It seems so realistic and it's 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 so frightening to just like, I know this do is it like in a, front of a priest yeah it's it's a different generation thing because if that happened the priest would most likely call i don't know if priests have to but you know like teachers if they suspect abuse they have to report it so i don't know if priests the are the services, same thing yeah yeah right. i mean they don't have to report each other apparently but 
Um, Ooh, I, that's why I wonder. But I'm done. That's not a joke. It's a factual statement. Oh no, I know, I know, but it's <laughs> like that's I don't know, I don't know. But like back then, you know, you just witness a dude like brutally beating his children, and then you just like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. I have to leave, but then don't tell anybody else about it. Yeah, I I think we kind of established that he's he's a flawed character. Well, they tell us later how flawed he is exactly, but like mm-hmm. I think they're trying to imply that he's, yeah, he is going to have some guilt over not doing more to save his family. It's a I little kind bit of a wondered if it's supposed to be also like the house. So remember yeah. in the in the original one where the dad was getting all fucked up, right? Yes. And so yeah, I wonder if maybe he was also kind of affected, or if he was just a piece of shit. No, that's a good uh, that's a good point. Um, I'm not sure. I do. I do think that like, uh, yeah, there's something about this whole priest. I think later when the movie becomes more focused on him is when it falls apart. I just, I think the actor is not up to snuff for this thing. He, I don't know Olsen. if it's just the material. Yeah. That he's given, but even in the, in this section of the movie, I'm, I'm pretty bored by him anytime he's on screen. All right. So Sonny starts acting all moody and won't go to church anymore. He hears footsteps and other noises and starts walking around the house with the hammer while furniture is thrown at him. I think the rest of his family went to church and uh, the daddy wants to apologize for beating his children in front of the priest. So, um, Forced to apologize. Yeah. Yes. While getting a gun from the basement, he hears whispers coming from the strange door in the basement. And he finds it's not just a weird room, it's like tunnels. And there's a hand or an arm hanging out of a brick wall, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and then some pipes burst, and there's more laughing. And so th- this section, this on. this is so well shot. There's no dialogue. It's just it's just following Sonny around to the house as he's walking on the gun. But uh, that moment when he finds the arm, it's like in the foreground, and you can't quite see it until it starts like moving, which is really cool. Uh, and there's this really spectacular shot when he's standing in the hallway and the camera like goes over his head and then flips around so that you're looking him upside down yes. and then it rotates back around. It's, it's brilliant. And I, I think too, I've only seen the conjuring Two a single time, but in the beginning of that movie, they, they depict this murder, like these murders, the, um, the, the Feo murders. That's like the opening of conjuring Two. And in my memory, there's a really good shot in that one where it like goes over someone's head and rotates and everything. And I realized, did James Wan, mm. was he referencing Amity 2, Amityville 2, uh, with that shot? But I, I don't know. That's a hazy memory of seeing Conjuring 2 once in theaters. But I wouldn't be surprised if James Wan, Maybe. like... Because that felt like a James Wan move. He's he's very good with camera movements and like camera, you know, doing crazy angles and Dutch angles and things like that. So... This, it felt to me, it's like, wow, I, I, I guess this is where he partially gets it from, maybe. Maybe. So um, then they try some, some cool stuff with the camera. <laughs> what my notes said. Um, <laughs> there are times it looks a little bit clunky, like there. It's like, like jerky a little bit, I they thought, are, but I, I don't know. They're, maybe they're reaching very high for yeah. the production value. Yeah. Um, then he starts shooting and the gun floats out of his hand above his head. And is pointing at him. And the camera does some more cool stuff. Like in and out on him. Like the gun is getting closer to him. Um, And then his abdomen looks really weird. And it seems like the the moment that he becomes possessed officially. 
that moment Andy. is so corny when he's like screaming and it's like repeatedly just like coming up and going zooming back into him. It is so corny, but it's like really fun and so it almost seems like it was kind of sexual. Yes, absolutely. I, I got that impression too. Something about the actor's performance and just like the fact that his shirt suddenly just ripped open and he's like on the bed. Yeah, absolutely. That's I think a, a way to look at it. Yeah. So then he walks to a to a mirror and sees these pulsating lumps all over his head, which is pretty pretty nasty, pretty cool looking. And then the house goes nuts, and it the one of the beds is spinning, which is funny, and it shoots fire <laughs> out of the basement. Um, and he doesn't remember any of this. So uh, Patricia confides in Sonny that she thinks their dad is raping their mother. There was a scene that was cut that involved a pretty gruesome anal rape scene between the parents. I read about and, this as well. Yeah. Um, Sonny replies by uh, seducing his sister. So, uh, and then this is another scene that got cut because we don't get to see. It's Thankfully, still pretty enough. Yeah, you see more. enough. It's actually a pretty good edit, I think. Um well, I don't want to call it anything good in this scene. It's that's complicated to call it good, but I think it's it's effective exactly when mm-hmm. it cuts and then what it cuts to uh, her confessing yes. to Adamski instead of an instead of showing the whole thing incest sex right. scene. Uh, there we is get a bit to of just hear her confessing to the priest that yeah. she had sex with a friend and they don't love each other, and she says that he does it just to hurt to hurt God. Yeah, really, really creepy shit, honestly. Really freaky the way that's all handled. Um, The actress, I I suppose she's got like, I I watched an interview with her. Diane Franklin. Yeah, and she was like, I mean, it's like provocative content is what she says. It's like, you know, it's uh, it's kind of extreme stuff. But she was like, but as an actress, she's like, I thought it was an interesting challenge. And so she gave it her all. And she thought that she, you know, looking back on this movie, I think she's semi-proud of what she did in this film and i think she, she does a great job yeah and i but it did seem like she had to talk to producers that of doing more which is a good thing that she was able to not she was able to stand her ground and be like ah, i'm not doing all of this like yeah yeah <laughs> so then the priest comes back to the house to bless it try number two and hopefully the dad won't start beating his kids in front of him again uh, Sonny looks like <laughs> shit at this point, and he's smoking in the house now. It's a real bad boy move. Oh, yeah. The priest goes to bless the parents' bed, and Dolores asked him to, and I feel like that's a follow-up from the rape scene yes. that we didn't see. The, right? Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, then Dolores starts screaming. Uh, this like is her freakiest because... moment. Her scream is really yeah. haunting, actually. <laughs> well, she does yeah. this thing where she, like, opens her eyes really wide yeah and yeah but in the priest's little uh the magic wand that he like uses to like <laughs> toss water around yeah ho- sprinkler. quote unquote holy water aka tap water is like you know flipping it like <laughs> flicking it everywhere and uh but it's blood instead of instead of tap water now and then he goes to vomit in the sink and then when he turns around it's just regular tap water holy water yes. tap water so this bed blessing apparently has some hidden shots in it, like Fight Club. Yeah, I tried to find these. I tried <laughs> to go on YouTube and then on other things and try to locate these shots, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't get it. 
apparently you have to watch it like frame by frame to see it yeah i'll have to i'll have to look into this because i was curious like the uh, i saw the description of what they are and it, it sounds creepy um and I thought I noticed it maybe like the the first time I watched because uh, I, I rewatched this scene because I thought I just liked it, and I was like I want to watch this again and take some notes. And so I backed it up and I thought I saw for a second like that that flash, but it's so quick I I couldn't tell what it was. And then I looked it, it up. Yeah, I, I like another Exorcist reference, like when they do right because they do face. yeah Captain Howdy or whatever. Yes, they do flashes in there. Yeah, it's probably another thing they took from the Exorcist for sure. But it's nowhere near as like obvious. They don't draw attention to it. Okay, like Fight Club. Yeah, you don't even notice that there's dicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Patricia invites. Oh, I the always priest. notice. Patricia invites the priest to come to Sully's birthday party. And at the party, uh, I was worried he was going to try to fuck all his siblings and his mother at some point. Because he, you know, like, hugs everybody, really. Almost yeah. sensuously. Uh, the mom notices the way Sonny and, and Trish hug each other. And then everyone claps as he hugs his father. That was weird. Um, and then as they, Sonny, as they like say nothing, they kind of are just, like, staring past each other, and they, like, awkwardly hug. I will say what this birthday party needed was, like, a talking robot, like Rocky IV. Uh, Ugh. You know, Burt Young needed his robot at his side this entire time. A robot butler. It, yeah. Yeah. Instead, they had this scene where Sonny is just staring at his family for way too long, and it looks like they're posed like a picture. Yes. And then, like, 30 people file into his house. And Sonny, like, slowly saunters up the stairs. Yeah, who the and, hell were uh, those other people? <laughs> it's just, like, a bunch of random, yes, like, kids They just and teens. moved to town. Yeah. And they know, apparently, more people there than I've ever known in my entire life. Like, combined. <laughs> it was so many people. I was worried about that as well. Just, like, all these randos just walking in. Like, yeah. don't you right. know what this house is? And they just heard so, a birthday party was happening, so they came to check it out, I guess. <laughs> And the family's just like, oh, okay, cool. So Patricia goes upstairs. The Italian community on Long Island is very tight-knit. Very true. Patricia goes upstairs to check on Sunny, and she tells him that she doesn't feel guilty about what they did. Um, Sunny pretty much just tells her to fuck off, and uh, his face starts getting grosser. And Patricia runs away crying, and she tries to call the priest and uh, tell him that she thinks Sunny is possessed, but... um, he doesn't answer. He, like, goes uh, on a camping trip instead. Right. Yeah. So he, a bunch like, of just my... decides not to answer the phone. A bunch of my uh, notes got cut here, apparently. Um, but uh, at some point, <laughs> the entire family gets killed. Sonny... <laughs> <laughs> um, Sonny, uh, like, gets his gun, and at first he... These, they're all awake at this point, and yeah. the real Amityville murders, um, Butch shot them, I think, in the in their backs, like, face down in their beds. Um, they Maybe they think they were drugged or something, and I don't know, nobody heard shots, and... Um, so, uh, he shoots the parents first, and then he shoots the sister, the youngest sister, and uh, Jan... And then he shoots Mark, the youngest child, the son. And then um, he kind of chases Patricia around the house. All the windows and doors are nailed shut. Um, and 
this is sort of when the movie changes. It's like a part two. Yeah. 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 It it definitely changes. shifts to the priest as the main character, and we get the the out uh, the aftermath of the the murders. There is just a really great shot when or like part when she is trying to run from him. You know, all, like you said, all the windows are nailed shut. She picks up a chair to, like, break a window, and it does nothing. Yes, I like that moment and a lot. That's there's just also, so fun. I think there's a lot of good moments of, of, like, a little bits of tension in this, like, chase, too. I think I like the way it starts. There's a heavy, like, thunderstorm going on, and uh, Patricia's walking around, and she's hearing the parents argue through the door. And then she notices monster face Sonny walking around with a gun. Uh, the fact that he's executing children is pretty intense, and there's a really good Gnarly. moment where where Patricia is trying to get Mark to hide or do something, and they're kind of across the hall, and then you just see the shadow of Sonny like approaching on the wall, like, mm-hmm. and then she has to go hide, and he manages to sneak up on Mark. But I really like the way this is all done, and then the makeup on Mark is fucking silly, but it's like really good makeup, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, this again was I was all in on this movie. And then cue my major surprise when I check the runtime after Patricia is shot and there's 40 minutes left in the film. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they could have done without most of this ending. They could have done like a 10 minute wrap up after that and it would have been. Oh, totally. You literally could just have the priest. You could just have the priest enter the house and do the final exorcism at this point. And it would be a satisfying film, I think. Uh it probably I would have a much higher rating for it. <laughs> um, so then the next morning, uh, I did like, though, that they didn't explicitly say that Patricia was killed. Like, we didn't really see her get killed. But then the next morning, the, pr- the priest arrives and the cops are bringing out these body bags and they show, like, they open up two of them and one of them is, is yeah. Patricia's bloody like staring yeah. you know, another blank stare dead couple body. good long shots as yeah. well like him walking up to that truck and then they they cut to another one where they bring in the bot like they do two body bags of him blessing them and i do like the italian cops being like hey father why don't you come investigate the crime scene here's some bodies like <laughs> it's pretty insane that they are like in, yeah yeah he's dressed in his civilian clothes but all the cops are just like ah father yeah <laughs> get over here so then sunny like looks up he locks eyes with the priest and says that he doesn't remember what happened at all and he's arrested um the priest goes to the jail talks to sonny realizes that he is possessed and then asks the bishops if he can perform an exorcism on him they refuse uh because they essentially don't believe him i guess i don't know and uh they just he decides the priest decides to just go ahead and do the exorcism himself without the support of the church there's a really funny moment when he is talking to some some old lady. I actually I could not figure out what her relation was to any of this. But she gives a little bit of history on the house. Uh, she says, oh, there was a woman who was like accused of being a witch in Salem. And then she comes here and she desecrates an Indian burial ground by it's, building the yep, house there. I- it's like they Another have to OIBG. Yes, absolutely. They have to throw in so many reasons as to why this place is demonic and haunted. It really yeah. comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's it feels like they're just checking boxes at this point, like exorcism movie boxes. There's a, there's some omen stuff I feel like with the priest going around investigating things like 
and uh, it's just so paint by numbers at this point. I still think, like you said, Murph, there's some interesting wonders, but like it really takes a dive after the the murder scene, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I I do like though. It's like Sunny in in the cell with a demonic face. It feels like Exorcist three before Exorcist three. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of interesting. This random woman, though. I was wondering about that, too, because the priest is just staring at this house. And yeah. then this random woman walks over and says that she has stories about this place. <laughs> and she goes, they like, she's talking about how her job was boring until she started reading, like, files about other people's houses and stuff and, like, about hauntings. <laughs> Better than novels. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I can totally see. If I were any character in this movie, that's who I would be. I was literally I, just going to say, like, kill. Th- today, this woman will be hosting a podcast. Yeah. And, like, this would, you know, if you lived in, in Amityville this time, this would be you, right? Yep. <laughs> exactly. Doing research on all the houses. She's a treasure um, of the of the historical society, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, the priest gets a call that sounds strangely like Patricia, and she says that she thinks Sonny is going to kill them, which already happened. Um, and then there's a, a courtroom scene. And I was like, oh, I forgot, is the rest of this movie just a courtroom drama? But luckily, it's it's not. So the priest sneaks Sonny out of police custody, takes him to the church. But then Sonny, he seems really weak until they get to the door of the church and he sees the, the crucifixes and he just, like, there's, like, a fight scene. He attacks the priest and he Sonny ends up escaping by doing this, like, this magic trick that involves a dangerous amount of fire there's just like a bunch of flames and then when the flames subside he's like oh oh no where did he go it's like looking kind of like that smoke <laughs> trick <laughs> like, pretty cool made me, made me laugh um the priest finds him at the house where else would he go he starts to perform the exorcism there's some fun acrobatics sunny does like rolls i that's probably my favorite part of the movie this is great he's just like rolling on the floor a bunch uh, this is what most patricia wearing clown makeup and doing weird <laughs> shit with her tongue. That was fun, too. Yeah, and yeah. she accuses him of wanting to have sex with her while she was confessing. Uh, which is not the vibe I got from that scene. That felt like, I was like, oh, like, okay. I, I guess I wasn't reading into something right during that whole confession scene. Um, well, and his reaction and denial of it, like, it was kind of a... Yeah. They're like, okay, it really did happen then, probably. Right, exactly. Um... Yeah, I was that that part was creepy enough. I feel like again they're ticking all these exorcism boxes, but it just it does add something to the genre that I think every exorcist movie needs is that the the priest needs to physically fist fight the demonically possessed, which is what is going on here. We need more like crazy leaps and rolls and things like that. Um, it's so funny. It's absolutely it's absolutely hilarious with his monster makeup. Like I love it know. when he he like runs with his arms yeah you know he's like running with his arms and then his legs are kind of like dragging behind him that was very funny to me as well yeah. um then his face starts to split open which is a really fun practical yeah. effect you this know I, I prefer great. practical effects here and then the priest asked the spirit or whatever to take him instead let it be me and the house fucking explodes for a second yeah um I guess this 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 stunt was uh, it didn't really go to plan. It ended up burning part of the house, which <laughs> happens when you're working with Hell crazy yes. amounts of fire. And uh, Sunny like rises like Jesus on the cross. Minus yeah, the this is the cross. This is the part. First of all, when his face splits open, there is a cute little demonic worm thingy inside. I think it's weirdly mm-hmm. adorable. 
the little creature that's like there. It's got green eyes and it's like screaming. It's got little fangs. Yeah, I I think the biggest thing (laughs) about the makeup is the coloring. If they had been able to just like change the tint on a lot of the makeup and especially the little worm thing inside of him, it might have played a little better. Maybe instead of green, you get that kind of sickly pink purplish maybe type yeah of stuff could work but i right that is to the detriment of the effects the the part where this is what i was referring to earlier when i said like certain aspects of this movie are kind of uncomfortable you consider this is based off a real mass murder the scene in which the angelic lights lift up sunny who's based off of murderer butch defeo like it's like well, okay so i guess god is like forgiving him or redeeming him it just really I mean, did not sit right with it. me. <laughs> if we're, it if really we're did having, not sit right with me here. Having like, all mm. of the like demonic aspects, you got to have you know the the light come in at some point. I suppose to give so. us give us that balance. Right. Uh, there's right. it's really fun in when he's the priest is like trampling through the house. Like it's raining inside of the house. Yeah, and uh, even a window. You know, all of them were nailed shut, but like the window is just going up and down on its own, like slamming and opening shut. It's it's very, you know, it's a great atmosphere. I I do really enjoy again like a lot of the details and effort that they put into it. Yeah, production value is great. So the cops the... finally arrived. Yeah. And uh, the priest asked the other father dude to take Sonny away from him, get him out, get him outside. And the police ar- police arrest him again. Um, the priest's hand starts doing that pulsating, bubbling type of thing. Um, so he starts praying or whatever he's doing, chanting something. And then eventually the house is put up for sale. And that's the end of the movie. That is another great shot reveal of, like, it's just on the house and they pull back a little bit more and you see the for sale sign. It's so quick, though. It's so funny. Like, it's literally, like, you see the for sale sign for a second and a half and then credits. It's Cut, uh, yeah. yeah. Italians don't waste time. That's what I really love about Italian films. And I'm sure this is the last time this month we'll talk about how much I love Italian films just getting, you know, not wasting time. Just I mean, they don't waste time, but they definitely had too much time on this one this one yeah this, I, well, that's that's the american production side of things i think yeah it, <laughs> as we've talked it definitely needed like i think a good 10 minutes cut would make it a lot oh, more streamlined i i would say more than that i i was so feeling it during all the pre-stuff near the end but hey we'll talk about this more with final thoughts uh what do you guys want to rate it out of crucifix crucify crucifixes is that the plural crucify is the verb (laughs) right Um, uh stinky hidden tunnels belts Belts. mirrors shaving Um, mirrors magic priests holy water wands what are those called i used to think it was an ice cream scoop when i was a kid he they refer to it as ice cream scoops yeah (laughs) holy ice cream scoops yeah you're you're our host Kill. All right. No, it's not holy. It's just an ice cream scoop. Because it's <laughs> okay. about as useless as an ice cream Quote, scoop. unquote, holy. <laughs> so, uh, this movie, I as you, I think there's some good things about it. And I also think 
there's some real dumb things about it. Um, <laughs> but the main dude who plays Sonny is played by uh, Jack Magner. This is pretty much his only movie. He had a very minor role in Firestarter mm. in 84. And that's it. And I th- yeah. I think he did a fantastic job. I think his acting was, was pretty decent. And I was kind of surprised that he just didn't really do anything after this. Um, Rotanya... <laughs> it's a lot it's it, i feel like it adds just an extremeness to this movie that makes it kind of like what what is her face gonna do next there's a lot of screaming <laughs> um but like we're just ridiculous you know like as soon the father kind of looks angry and then patricia's like no dad don't do it and it's like instant everybody starts screaming um That's yeah the there's a lot of really dark shit too like the anal anal raping of the wife and the brother and sister stuff and it's just a really dark movie but i think overall it it's our it's okay <laughs> i do think it's it's better than the first one i will say that or more enjoyable um and also i it, it when it turns into sort of a different movie <laughs> as as we all kind of said it could have ended around that point. They could have done something like 10 more minutes to kind of wrap up the story and it could have been done. They didn't need to have all this extra stuff where like pretty much all of the characters are gone from the first two thirds of the movie. So I think it's a, it's a three for me, three ice cream scoops. Wow. Hey, that's 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 pretty decent. Yeah. (laughs) I I was like not expecting that as to, as a wrap up with, with three. Um, uh, Murphy, if you want to go next, go for it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, getting in quickly to my uh, quick interview with Joe Bob that I was too nervous to really follow up on a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. But he, uh, I asked him what his thoughts on Amityville 2 was. And he goes, um, is that the one with Burt Young? And I go, yeah. You know, it's got a lot of great shots. It's real inventive. He's like, yeah, I remember that being pretty good. And then uh, the only other real question I was able to get out was, you know, what is your favorite horror movie sequel? And then I think after a little bit of time, he said, uh, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Oh, that's Um, fucking great. That's good to know. Yeah. And that's when Darcy was like, well, Halloween 3. I was like, well, if I had to put you on a 2. I'm trying to remember what she first said, but then she was like, Joe Bob was like, well, I figured you'd say Scream 2. And she goes, yeah, actually, probably that would be it. Uh, she had a little uh, ghost face mask um, purse, like the little backpack purses. Yeah. That, like she had that on for her costume. I admitted that. I love and Scream 2. I'm with her on that. Yeah. We talked about Timothy Oliphant a Ooh. little bit. So it was, it was a real nice uh, time. So... Uh, but my thoughts on this movie is, I, I mean, again, I really enjoyed a lot. The, you know, the high part getting to the murders is, it's such a letdown after that. But I think they do enough things that I liked of, you know, even stealing from other movies. We didn't talk about it, but there is a part where we have the character of like the prison warden who yeah. the priest is like, oh, I want to give him an exorcist. I need to take him to the church. And the warden's like, nah, I'm not doing that. Uh, you got three minutes. 
And then later he sees the straight from the exorcist, like speech coming out of the body. Right. Uh, it says, save me in blood. In the exorcist, it's like scratches on her. It's chest. like on her. Yeah. Yeah. On her stomach. Yeah. On her stomach. Um, and then that's when he's like, oh shit, this is real. Uh, I guess I don't have authority over demonic figures gives the priest his gun and tells him to hit him on the back of the head so he doesn't get in trouble for letting them go. Yeah, that actor, Moses Gunn, he gets the and credit in the in the mm-hmm. in the beginning. And so I thought that he was going to be a much more important character, but no, he's really only in the last like 30 minutes or so and he that's really all he does. He allows himself to be knocked like out. A couple yeah. scenes, yeah. But I thought he he did a, a real nice job. Oh yeah, he's good I in that. And, and what he had, to, what he has, he's great. Right. I wanted to call it that performance. Um, but yeah, I mean, Burt Young just gives such a wonderful, like they have in the very beginning when they're moving in. Quote: "Daddy's such a creep." Unquote. Yes, and he really <laughs> is. He sells so much of the movie. So much of the inventive camera work, I was just enamored with. Um, again, I like the Hunky Priest. He doesn't play... He's not the greatest actor. I think he has a really good look, and some of his reaction shots are uh, fine for me. I, I believe it. I do love his... The end where he is getting possessed now and is questioning why God won't save him. Like I think that is another great uh you know thing to bring up of like if god is all powerful letting these things happen letting karis get like the demon and then jump out the window is something they don't explore as much in exorcist that i wish they did um yeah i'm 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 shocked kill was as high i'm gonna go 3.2 quote holy unquote ice cream scoops i've adjusted in my mind to a 2.7 <laughs> okay. There we go. As soon as that I said it, I was like, no, three doesn't feel right. Three's too high. It needs to come yeah. down a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, I will bring us home. I love Dino De Laurentiis, if it's not clear. I, I think he, make, he made movies that just are inherently interesting because he's an Italian producer in America trying to make movies for American audiences. Uh, very much like uh, the Canon film group that we kind of discussed last week like that foreign nature of the people who run it make these weirdly interesting movies where like they are just taking a bunch of elements of what worked in older movies and just throwing it into a blender for these ones and throwing a lot of money at it um and it really shows in this one where the camera work is so intricate and like the the way they shoot this house is like so meticulously crafted and in, in how it's done every of the the fantastic angles the wonderful makeup on uh on jack magner like it really does go a long way in keeping this watchable even as it slides into just like a checklist of tropes uh and gets really really boring after the murders but up till then like it's very skeevy and has like this uh exploitative nature but i do think that it is an interesting way to explore a family drama while also adding this possession element to it. Like uh, the the fact that it takes the abuse by Anthony seriously, 
that it's not like flippant about it and the actors all really seem to trying to be embody these roles realistically in their reactions to how it all is happening um so i I think it's a really interesting movie until it suddenly is not interesting at all but it is weird enough and the climax has some really fun moments with like again i love that the priest has to actually fist fight the demon um and all the makeup at the end the cute little worm creature inside of him I am going straight borderline three. I think it's interesting enough to tell people to check it out, but just the huge caveat that like there's a big chunk of this movie that sucks, <laughs> like sucks hardcore. Uh, but other than that, hey, it's Dino De Laurentiis, and I think he's it makes inherently interesting stuff. I mean, he made Blue Velvet yeah. and like Dune and David Lynch's Dune. Another element of like he just takes these really weird visual artists pumps them full of money and it's like okay make something like star wars but it's now it's dune you know like it's yeah he's he's a real real weird weird dude i couldn't recommend this to anyone that isn't like a cinephile or already a horror fan right like you it's a lot of caveats in a recommendation for this but i think if you have uh, you know, if you've got some time and you have some interest in unique storytelling, if you like Bert Young, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if if you like a good uh, heavy-handed father yeah. or incest, you know. <laughs> that's another one. If you like incest, if your Pornhub search history is, you know, and filled to the brim your kids, with, yeah, you'll love Amityville too. The possession, exactly. Kill says, it's a fucking it weird movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great pull quote. It'll be on the next poster when they yeah. re-release it. Well, Greg, do you want to tell us what we're going to be watching next week? Oh boy, do I! We are not done talking about Italians this month because next week so uh, I am choosing what is technically a number two movie, as we're released as a number two movie in a lot of parts of the world. Uh, I want to talk about Zombie 2, Lucio Fulci's quote-unquote sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Hmm. Also known as Zombie, also known as Zombie Flesh Eaters. Yeah, so this is the sequel to a sequel. Yes, but it's still a number two, because it was released as Zombie 2 in a lot of places. I think in Italy, uh, primarily, it was called Zombie 2, because Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie. But yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I think Lucio you're Fulci. These, uh, these guidelines but okay I'm down for it yeah but uh, I am very pumped uh, and scared to talk about Lucio Fulci I think he can be a touchy subject sometimes um, controversial figure uh, occasionally but uh, I'm pumped it's got one of the most well, infamous it, it's scenes in any zombie film seen it. Yeah. yeah yeah I don't think I've seen this in a long time oh boy okay well, get ready, guys. <laughs> it'll be bla- it'll be a blast. I'm so well, scared. Well, thank you all for listening. <laughs> uh, you can please remember to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, you can always contact us. We have email weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com, both Twitter and Instagram at weeklymassacre. So hit us up. Let us know if you're in the market for a haunted house. If you have a, had a very heavy-handed father, if you had a sister you were too close to, um, let us know. Um, yeah, great. They're both giving me a weird look. Maybe yeah. don't do that one, that last one. 
<laughs> just the Murph's private email. Yeah. His personal yeah, email address. Yeah. Yes. Also, I just want to say I, I'm pretty certain I forgot to say three ice cream scoops. Three blessed ice cream scoops. I don't think okay. I said it. So just wanted Good. to make sure. I'm glad you got it in now. Yeah, don't come for me, guys. Please. I said it. Uh, well, thank you all for listening. And until next time, Daddy's such a creep. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.